Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. So glad you could join us here on this wetness day, September. What are you looking at? I was just making sure you're recording. Just wanted to make sure because of the state you're in, I just wanted to make sure we hit record. Jesus Christ. You want me to double check? You didn't have the lights on when I got here. Would you like me to double check? I would would prefer you to double check. Just to make sure. Just well, you talk to people I while make, I do I this. I will talk to people. Keep, keep the show I'm, I'm going. I'm keeping. Look, I got here. The uh, lights were off. Uh, you you didn't even have your contact lenses in. Yeah, I know. You're scrambling around. Right, so I just good. wanted to make sure okay. you hit record. We're recording. Perfect. The show is being recorded. That's it. That's I, all but I, I want. did it literally just before. I we don't started know. I can't going. see what you're doing over there. I just want to double. T- I didn't want to get to the end of the show and go. Oh fuck! It's very disconcerting when you're. Staring past me over my shoulder. Well, it's I, very weird. How many times have I saved the show because I've done that? Oh, okay. Countless right. times I've saved the show. All right. Eddie Pitts Show Saver. That's his next, that's his new nickname. <laughs> uh, you're in for a hell of a treat, kids. We got a hell of a show for you today. It is the Ralph Report on a Wednesday, September 8th, Year of Our Goddess Lilith 2021. <laughs> Oh, hell, Lilith. It is right to give her thanks and praise, and it's right for you to be here with us today on The Ralph Report on this Wednesday. Got a great show lined up for you. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, and sitting here in the back cave with me is the Rear Admiral himself, Sheriff of Ghost Town, the show saver. He's... Holy God, holy God. Some folks call him Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Wow. Sorry. Wow. I hit it a little prematurely. Jesus. I hit a little prematurely. Well, like, not every... like. Everybody doesn't know you're going to say, hey, everybody. Is that really, does that have to be in the clear? I thought if you were drunk, you don't do it prematurely. I thought it takes longer. Go ahead. Give us your your patented catchphrase again. So everyone can. Hey, everybody. No, I was, you didn't wait till I gave you the moment. Fuck. Feel free. Okay. Three, two. two. Hey, everybody. There we go. There we go. Yo-ho, Eddie. Got to get those residuals in and those T-shirts you've been selling with that patented catchphrase. I, I'm feeling better and better now that I made you double-check to see if we're recording the <sighs> for show. For fuck's sake. Kids, you're in for a hell of a ride today. And uh, <laughs> this may be one for the ages. If it ever reaches an audience, who knows? This, <laughs> I don't know. At the, at the end of the show, we may just uh, pull the plug on this whole operation. It may just be the four-star scene. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's not forget about the four-stars real quickly. Thanks to all the four-star generals who are currently watching us record this live <laughs> on a Tuesday night for a Wednesday morning. Uh, and uh, it's always great to have them on hand. They are our live audience tonight. And so they are witnessing which may, what may be the end of a show. This may be the thing that wraps it all up. Who knows? <laughs> This may be the black box recording of the plane as it goes down. We'll wait and see. Doc Garon D. Who knows? Wow. Um, wow. Apologies in advance for folks who are listening and, of course, to the four stars who are watching. I am. I like to have a cocktail when I do 
the show mm -hmm. with the live audience of the four stars. Yes. I enjoy that. Helps me relax a little bit. It's a little fun. I get a little boost from the from having a live audience, and it just adds a little something, something on a, uh, you know, once a week. Right. Here's the thing. Here's what happened. Today was what we call transfer day, which, as you know, my lovely ex-wife Carrie and I, uh, we live in separate homes, and we share custody of our adorable 11-year-old daughter, Olivia, just the best kid in the world. And we, we go back and forth, and we share custody. And often on a transfer day, we'll do what we call family dinner, where the three of us get together, and we share what's been going on, and we catch up That's and nice. stuff. And it's a lovely nice. thing. It's a great tradition, and it, it's one of my favorite days of the week. So today... Livy got to pick, and she likes this place called Kura Sushi. Are you familiar with Kura Sushi? K-U-R-A. Yes, yes, I am. Yes, yes, yes. For those who don't know, and I don't know if they have them in your area or not, kids, but it is a, it's a, it's a novelty restaurant where you sit at a table and all the sushi flies by you on a conveyor yes. belt. Yeah, you just grab what you want. And you can grab yeah. what you want out of these protected containers and you get to pull the sushi off the conveyor belt. So the kid loves this. It's her fa favorite restaurant in the world. And we go there quite often. And, and we often do it for family uh, dinner night. So here's the thing about sushi and me. It's not sushi unless I have a couple asahis and a couple cold sakes. Okay. So that's four drinks so it's, far. It's part, it's, part of, <laughs> it's part of the dining experience right. for me. You can't have sushi. And we this. haven't really done a live show on one of these days where I've been out to this ah, place to have dinner. Okay. And here's the thing about the sushis. Uh, the sushis, yes. <laughs> the sakis. All the sushis. <laughs> the sakis, they're tiny. They come in these tiny little glasses. Yeah, they look harmless. And here's the thing. They come in a, uh, in a wooden box. Uh-huh. They put the glass, shot glass in the wooden box. Uh -huh. They take the cold sake and they pour the shot glass overflowing so the excess lands in the box. Right. And sometimes if the bartender's really feeling generous, you get like a whole bonus glass yes. of it caught in, in, the, right. in the box. It's like two shots in one. So you do a shot and you can fill it up again with what's in the box. With the, the dirty stuff in the box. It's yes. not dirty. They're, they're clean, balsam wood right. boxes. Right, okay. Balsa wood boxes. Balsa. Balsam. Balsams and sushis. That's Mar Sushi Martin Balsam. Balsam was a very talented character actor. It had nothing to do with those boxes. <laughs> so I had a very generous bartender today ah. who knows me from coming there so often. And right. so he fills the boxes to almost as full as the boxes of sake did you have? As far as I know, there were three boxes and glass so that's combos. six shots of sake and it's about a one-to-one -one ratio of beers to sakes okay so by the time it was all said and done yeah. i had about three and three wow and the threes were more Sixes. like doubles yes yeah so you had nine drinks so by the time i roll in here <laughs> to get ready to do the show i re it strikes me that i'm pretty uh i'm pretty buzzed so that being the case, I got an hour to kill before the show saver shows up. And <laughs> I and again, I knew if I threw the car into reverse or hit the emergency brake, no. you're getting a pile up on the we freeway. Don't want that. We don't so want I that. had to start with vodka just to yes. keep keep it going. Keep myself moving forward. Hey later. Yes. <laughs> So that's what's the happening now, and I'm uh, drinking a little Smirnoff on the rocks. I've never and... come into the house before during a show day and gone, I'm drunk. Like, I've never heard you say I that. I said those words out loud. <laughs> Just to prep him, because it would be unfair for me right. 
to have him start doing the show and go, what the, what the, the hell's happening? going on? Did he have a stroke? What's happening? Because usually you're cracking your first drink at the top of the show. Yes, I usually. I, I usually prepare the show right up until showtime, and then I pour right. myself a quick drink and we start the show. But I was done early today in order for us to have family dinner time, and so mm. uh, things were uh, not uh, going as as planned. Well. So <laughs> there you go. There it is. Here's the backstory. Now you got everything you need to know <laughs> to uh, <laughs> forgive me for what's about to happen. <laughs> over the next hour and change. Wonderful. We have a great show for you lined up, though. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Because it's Wednesday. That means One Hit Wonder Wednesday. One of my favorites. This is a good one. I'm glad someone asked for this. Oh, good. This is a good one from the 80s, which, you know, I know you were born in the 80s. So I was you... born in the 70s. Oh, really? 74. Oh, really? Yes. I'm 10 years younger than you. Oh, huh. Yeah. I was a child of the 80s. Yeah, yeah. well, you probably weren't deep into music in the 80s. Late 80s, I started getting into music. Yeah, okay, mid late fair 80s. enough. But for me, that was like my... Yeah, you were a teenager years. in the My 80s, form of yeah. years, like, I absorbed everything about the, my musical passions. Yeah. It pretty much happened in the 80s. Right. So this was a song that was important to me, so we'll be getting to that in a bit. <laughs> what? What? What's so funny? I just thought you knew how old I was. That's well, funny. I knew you were young. You're a, <laughs> Not you're, young. You're a pup. Um, entertainment news. Uh-huh. Phone calls... Lots of good stuff mm -hmm. to get to. So I think you're going to enjoy yourself. Who knows? They will. I make no guarantees. They will. Let me do my show, for Christ's sake! That's right. You're interrupting your own show. <laughs> this show's going to be relaxed. I, I'm waiting for you to miss the table with the glass. This show's going to be not quite as high-pitched with that feverish energy right. I usually bring to right. it. It's going to be more of like a Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra yeah, vibe. We're going to casually do, go through the show. We're going to relax. We're just going to have a good time. Yeah, sit back. Sit back and enjoy the mm -hmm. show. Before we get to today's show on The Ralph Report. The Ralph Report. You don't even have to put it in your mouth. No. But I still want to. Good for you, young okay. lady. Can I get to a real quick news story that uh, shook me to my core? Please. Before we move forward? Please. McDonald's has announced they are bringing back Ronald McDonald. You know, he's been out of the picture for a while. I heard they had taken him away. They have removed him from their advertising. I don't know why. I don't either. Arnold, uh, the whole gang was the Arnold. Arnold. <laughs> That's his real name, Arnold McDonald. He goes by Ronald because... <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so great here in McDonald land with all the, you know, all the creatures with, you know, Man McCheese and all the, you know, with the Hamburglar. Ah, I can't wait to stop the Hamburglar from all his stealing of all the burgers. It's not right. He should, you know, keep it the burgers for people who are only purchasing them. I want that, Arnold that's McDonald. Arnold McDonald. I want Arnold McDonald now. I don't want Ronald back. I want Arnold McDonald. Oh, I can't believe, you know, uh, you know, the French fries are always uh, bouncing around here in McDonald land. It's uh, unsanitary. They put the little sneakers on the tables. Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> Ronald McDonald is coming back for McDonald's, which has, you know, sort of rebirthed interest in the whole McDonald land crew. Yes. You had your Mayor McCheese. Right. Uh, Big Mac, I believe, was the chief of police, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yes. Hamburglar, of course, as we mentioned. Yeah, you had the uh, Grimace. Ah, I'm glad Grimace. you brought him up, yes. Eddie, because that's what today's story is ah. about. We have finally solved the age-old mystery of just what the fuck is Grimace. Because when you think about it, Big Mac... Is uh, a, Big Mac. a Big Mac. They're all associated with the Mayor McCheese they like. yes. was a cheeseburger. Yes. The fries were <laughs> French fries. Uh, little Birdie, I don't know what she was. I never quite got I think she was, that. Was one. she the cookie part? No, she was the breakfast thing. I don't she the egg McMuffin thing. Oh yeah, maybe she was the breakfast. Early uh, bird gets the worm and shit. Yeah. I think so. We pretty much could figure out everybody at McDonald Land, but Grimace was always sort of a head scratcher. Well, he had the milkshakes. 
he loved milkshakes. He was the milkshake guy. But he wasn't a milkshake. No. He was a giant purple blob. He's had a lot of milkshakes. Who talked like that? Hey, Ronald, how you doing? He's an idiot. He's a just a brain-damaged purple blob who liked milkshakes. Yes. How did he fit into the scheme of things when it he? comes to McDonald's? How did he? Well, I'm glad you asked, Eddie Pence, because we've solved the mystery. Thank God. Brian Bates, who has worked for the McDonald's chain for over 10 years, did an interview with CBC News. That's a Canadian broadcast okay. company up there to our neighbors to the north. Uh, over the weekend, and he finally revealed exactly who Grimace is. Hmm. Any guesses? Any pens? Before who I Grimace reveal, is? before I reveal the uh, the secret to you, can you any guess as to what Grimace is? I mean, this is like a is Pluto a dog or right. a, Goofy is a dog? This is kind of that. But thing. The, he look Goofy looks like a dog, so you can say is he right. a dog? So Grimace looks like what he is too. It's a big purple blob. He is all those things that you just described. But right. he also, when you, when I tell you what it is, and you look it up online, you can say, "Oh yeah, I can see what he's supposed to be." I don't know. I have no guess at all. Here we go from Brian Bates from McDonald's. He is an enormous taste bud. Ew. But a taste bud nonetheless. Ew. Yes, apparently McDonald's <sighs> has been tight-lipped about the purple creature's origin over the years, but now they're coming forward and admitting. That Grimace is actually a massive taste bud. Ew. Who loves all the flavors of McDonald's. Right? Why don't they make one of that little thing that hangs back in the back of your throat? A uvula? A uvula. Make a uvula. He's a giant uvula? That's disgusting. And why is it purple? Because uh, I think taste buds are purplish. Are they purple? Purplish in color. If you look at your tongue. They're more pinkish. Reddish purple. I guess it depends on what your tongue looks like. I guess if it's that big. If you're drinking a lot of red wine, it looks looks like purple. But uh, it's a massive taste bud. That's fucking gross. That's what our man looks like, which lends a whole new uh, meaning to a lot of those commercials we saw back in the day, right? Here's a little bit of a commercial with Grimace and Ronald McDonald. You can see it now. Hi, Grimace. Where you going? Just going to soak up a little sun. Well, while you're soaking up a little sun, we'll soak up some McDonald's frosty thick shakes. See, he's a big, dumb taste bud. Wow. So Grimace is wow. a taste bud. That's gross. How did anyone come up with that in the advertising department Somebody to begin with? Somebody was on acid. Yeah. So now we know. Wow. Well, thanks for clearing that up. I'll never look at that the same again. Least I could do. Appreciate. Given my condition is to give you some useful information. So next time you're sucking down a shake and your taste, taste and your taste buds are enjoying it, you go. Now I get it. Got a now whole I, colony of grimaces. Now in my I mouth. see why Grimace loves it so much. Mm. Grimace lives in my mouth. Ew. Yeah, Ew. it does. Gross. All right. Let's turn our attention now to something that's not gross. The folks that we love are. Garmy members, we love it when you reach out to us. So many ways you can do it, by the way. You can send me an email, ralph at theralphreport.com. You can find us on social media. Steve and Eddie also available at that email address. And you can leave voicemail message 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the Ralph Report hotline. All you got to do is dial up that number, one 833 Hi, Ralph. I listen to them all. Then I grab a handful and we put them here in a segment known as Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The garbage's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now and see what's on your mind. Speaking of phone calls, yesterday we had a call from Sam, whose son's social security number oh, yeah. was stolen by a thief, and that Awful. person used that number to write off Sam's kid 
his on taxes, his taxes. Awful. And Sam reached out for any help from the Garmy who might know uh, some ways to help him. And surprisingly, first of all, I had no idea we had so many CPAs in the crowd. Smart group. But so many folks stepped up and volunteered, said, please hook me up with Sam. I'd love to help him out any way I can. And so I, I gave Sam several numbers and apparently they've already uh sussed oh, it out they've awesome. already worked it out so great thanks to everybody in the garmy for stepping up if you were if you did not everybody's a cpa no but but they could give their opinions too i don't think it'd be helpful here's what i would do say fuck the irs get a bat find out where that dude lives so uh thanks to everybody who stepped up that was nice uh it's that time of year i guess i gotta put the old costume on again hi ralph yo ho eddie hey steve Okay, Dr. Fuck Pumpkin, here's one for you. I just ran across a advertisement on Facebook for pumpkin spice lip gloss. Come on. It's Ew. September 7th. Last I checked the calendar. Just, oh my God. Right. Okay, <laughs> oh my God. And I got shit last time I talked about this. What's my people like pumpkin spice? Let them have their pumpkin spice. It's not about the flavor of pumpkin spice. It's about the ridiculous level of commercialization where it must be invasive on all levels it's of our everything. lives. You can't just have a latte with the flavor or a muffin or something else. Now it's got to be it's everything that's made has to be scented or flavored with fucking pumpkin spice. It's a little much. It's a goddamn debacle. Who wants to kiss someone with goopy lip gloss on their lips that tastes like pumpkin well, spice? Well, maybe you're not putting it on before you're kissing people. Maybe you just like the taste of it, so you, you have it on your lips. You're licking on, <laughs> licking on your lips in the subway like a lunatic. You don't want to give it away, so don't kiss anybody. For fuck's sake. I don't, I'm... Uh... Well, do you, is it okay in October to have the pumpkin spice lip gloss? Is it no longer a seasonal thing, or is it just the over amount of it everywhere? I think the beginning to the end season, the length of the season now, is insane. It's like mid-August to November. December. Right. Point. It's all the way through the holidays, yeah. practically. And then on top of it, it's the sheer number of ridiculous items that we're mm. getting. I've seen pumpkin spice lubricant for sex. <laughs> I've seen pumpkin spice. I mean, you name it, they That's will make Dr. pumpkin Fuck spice. Pumpkin right there. <laughs> that is literally Dr. Fuck Pumpkin. <laughs> I can't. I just can't with this anymore. It's too much. Stop it. Yeah. I agree. All right. <laughs> uh, yesterday on TV Tunes Tuesday, I finally. Cracked out Charles in charge, and uh, boy, there were there was an enormous amount of reaction, both pro and oh, con. I, I can imagine. Yeah, here's the thing: even if you don't like it, it's going to stick with it you. It was in my head. Nothing all you day can do. Yesterday, it's one of those jingles we all grew up with, and it just stayed with us. Charles in charge of our day, and what the fuck, Ralph? <laughs> Three different versions you had to play. This goddamn song is stuck in my fucking head. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Ralph. All right. Thanks. Uh, Hi, Eddie. Hey. Hey, crew. Love you, mean it. Bye, Ralph. Oh, my God. Another person pissed off at me. It is an earworm. Can't, you know. But that's why we had to cover it. Right. It's one of those songs, right? right? That's yeah. the whole purpose of the segment. Now we can move past it. We've done we'll it. Never have to deal with it again. We could bury it and, it's gone. and, and move forward. Um, speaking of television, Troy called in regarding an old TV show that I did many years ago called The Joe Schmo Show. If you're not familiar with this program, it was in the early days of reality television, and it was a comic spoof of 
the new explosion of reality television. And uh, what we did was the premise was we found someone who wanted to be a contestant on a reality television show. And we built a show around him. But everyone that he was on the show with, from the contestants to the host, myself, were all improv comic actors. And we were putting on a show for him, basically. Everybody's character was invented and the plot lines were invented. And the whole thing was about watching his reaction and what he would do in those circumstances. We ended up doing three seasons of them. But the first one was the one people remember the most, like Troy. Hey, Ralph. This is Troy. Uh two-star from Ogden, Utah. Hey, listen, I don't know if you realize this, but the Joe Schmo show is on YouTube. What? And I've been going back and rewatching it. And I had totally forgotten that Kristen Wiig was a part of the show. Yes. And so I'd be fascinated to hear anything that you can tell the Garmy about her about that time, like any behind the scenes stories, um, any interesting or funny stories about her during that time. I think that'd be very, uh, I think that'd be really interesting. So, okay. Um, thanks. LMB. Thank you, Troy, for watching. Um, Kristen Wiig was at the Groundlings at the time, and this was her first big break on television. This mm -hmm. is the first thing that she did. Wow. And I remember most, well, the first thing I remember about Kristen, which was how incredibly kind and sweet and funny and friendly she was to all of us. Here's the thing you have to understand about this show was that the producers, out of fear of us fucking up the show, which was a legitimate fear, never allowed anyone to know the other person's name. Mm. So they knew my name because I was playing the host of the show, right. Ralph Garman. So there was they no danger there, but everyone else was playing a character. So right. I only got to know them by their character names at the outset. Not until after the show had wrapped, did we actually introduce ourselves to wow. each other. But the one thing we all remembered about Kristen at the time was how goddamn sharp she was and funny. She played a character called Dr. Pat, who was supposed to be sort of a crack psych, um, uh, crackpot psychologist on the show. And she was always sort of, you know, diagnosing people right. incorrectly and just and she had her own problems. <laughs> it was a very funny character. But she was destroying everyone. It was so hard to keep a straight face when you were working with her. Right. And we all looked at each other and said, this girl should be in everything all the time. Why isn't she a star? And of course, no, she was. it all happened. She became one, yeah. I remember there was a moment where we had Matt Gould, who was the the mark, if you will, for lack of a better term, on Joe Schmo. He was our guy that we were uh, doing the show for. He and Dr. Pat had to have a, a sumo wrestling competition <laughs> in these giant inflatable sumo wrestler suits. And this guy, we can say whatever you want about him, he was always all in in the competitions. And so he came at her, he was like 6'2", yeah. a good 220 yeah, perhaps. Big guy. Kristen Wiggs, a little wisp of a girl, came along and just pile-drived her with a big inflated belly and knocked her backwards and hit her head oh. on the ground. She got a concussion. Oh. And I remember her crying from the pain but staying in character the whole time until they got her to medical assistance. Wow. That's how dedicated she was. Bro. And after we did that together, funny, I think this is on YouTube also. It's a, a pilot for a show that never went. It was created by two guys from Joe Schro. Uh, Lance Crawl and David Hornsby, who later went on to work with the uh, funny, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, guys. 
Uh, they did a show called The Last Mall about a falling, a failing local mall that's in danger of being swallowed up by a large super mega mall across right. town. And they cast Kristen and myself in that. And she played the girl who ran all of the kiosks in the center of the mall. And I was the guy who sort of whose family had always run that local mall. And she came up with all these names for all these kiosks that she was doing. If you ever get a chance to find it online, it's hilarious. But nothing but love for Kristen Wiig. Obviously, she's a big, big star now and won't talk to me. But still. No, it's not true. I've run across her several times over the years. And she's always as friendly to me now as she was. Then. Yeah. So I didn't want to give you the wrong impression. All right. Sometimes we like to tell people where shit came from. Hi, Ralph. Uh, hey, Eddie. Uh, Sam, Force Star General from Oklahoma. Um, I was sitting here talking to my better half, and we were having an interesting conversation trying to figure out where the term dildo for a <laughs> synthetic penis comes from. Mm. Uh couldn't figure out how how that came to be. Yeah, dildo. It's weird. Could you help me out? Thanks. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Dildo is actually a very old word. Oh, is it? It goes all the way back to Old English. Great word. And we believe, well, there's two possible answers for where it came from, mm -hmm. but we believe it's either a bastardization by the English of an Italian phrase, or Italian word rather, diletto, diletto, D-I-L-E-T-T-O, okay. which is Italian meaning a woman's delight. Oh, okay. diletto. That makes sense. So diletto eventually got bastardized dildo. Into, into dildo in the <laughs> UK. Also, the old Norse word of uh, dilla, Dilla meaning to soothe, and a doll meaning a effigy or something that represents another person. Right. So a Dilla doll was a, a Norse phrase they used for a long time. So Dilla doll also could have been bastardized over the mm. years into dildo, meaning something that soothes you that is the representation of, of another person per without being the actual person. I like Dilata or Diletta? Diletto. 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 Hey, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a Diletto so big. You'll walk funny for some time, i tell you this. <laughs> so, there you go. That's where we think that came from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? No fucking dildo. Ah! Is the show recording? Oh, my God. Makes a short and oh, show's my recording. God. Had it not Just been. Saying. Had it not been. How? What are the odds it had not been? I don't been? know. You don't, I don't you know. don't know. That's I don't right. Know. You don't know. I'd rather be double sure. Yeah. Thank you. We like you're welcome. <laughs> Show saver. <laughs> we need a new jingle. Hey, Cooperman, get on that. <laughs> just a quick, just a quick stab. I need show saver. I've saved I've saved the show I so have. many times. I've how many times have I saved the show? How many times? Seven, seven. Several times. Seven or eight. Seven times. times. Let's say seven, exactly seven times. <laughs> We like to play upbeat music here on the show every episode to make your day a little bit better. I'm happy to play Ian's hit today because uh, I feel his pain. Hey there, Ralph, Eddie, and Steve. Um, Ian, two-star general, calling in here. Um, I, I wanted to request my happy hit. My father's anniversary of passing away from cancer is uh, coming up here in the next few days. And... Um, our favorite band's always been Bare Naked Ladies, and I was wondering if you could play 
Yoko Ono um, on the Gordon album from the Bare Naked Ladies for uh, my happy hit because that song, that album really rings true uh, with me and it uh, always brings me up when I'm feeling down about my about my pops. And uh, I really, uh, I love you guys. I mean it. Bye. So sorry for your loss, Ian, but yeah. uh, I can see why Bare Naked Ladies was a band that you both uh, enjoyed. And I can also see why this song makes you happy. It's a great one. Off of Gordon, here's BNL as they're called up north. You can be my Yoko Ono. And if there's someone you can live without, then do so. And if there's someone you can just shove out, well, do so. You can be my Yoko Ono. You can follow me wherever I go. Be my, be my, be my, be my Yoko Ono. Isn't it beautiful to see two people so much in love? Bare naked ass, two virgins hand in hand and hand in hand in love. But now that I'm far away, it doesn't seem to me to be such a pain. To have you hanging off my ankle like some kind of ball of chain. You can be my Yoko Ono. Follow me wherever I go. Be my, be my, be my. Yes. I love those guys. Yeah, they're fun. Thank you so much to everybody who called in. You too can be featured in the Garmy on the Line segment, but in order for that to happen, gotta call me. Alrighty, now it's time for us to take a look at folks who passed away on this day throughout history and find out who died on September 8th. We will pay tribute to their lives and their legacies in Hello, Death. That's the wrong one. That's the wrong button. Dead I'm, now. Gonna, I'm gonna fix so that. No, no, watch me fix it. See how are you fixing it? I just fixed it. How do you fix it? You I turned it off. Okay. And I'm gonna play, play the, right the right one, one now. now. Okay. Yes. Okay. Gilbert, you can leave that in. That's well, fine. Every, everybody knows. There's, it's not a secret anymore. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. Did you electrocute yourself or run into a shell? Hello, death. Did you eat poison mold or just get old? Hello, death. Did you fall from the sky? Ralph Garvin will know why, even though you said goodbye. Hello, death. Hello, death. Hello, death. Hello, death. On this day, September 8th in 1654, Peter Clover. Peter Clover. 
who became a Spanish saint and Jesuit missionary in Cartagena, South, Car- South, South Carolina, South America. Plus so many Jesuits in South Carolina. He, he became a saint for baptizing over 300,000 slaves. Wow. Not like they had a lot of choice, I'm thinking, in the matter. So like they said to him, hey, would you like to be baptized today? I'm guessing if it's 300,000 slaves, they run him through like a car wash. Yeah, I don't think he asked. Yeah, I, I don't think, think he just he did, did it. Either. Fucking religion. Who's with me? Me. 1721, Michael Brokoff, famous Czech sculptor, died on this day in at 35 years old. Oh, it's so in young. 1721. So young. Even so young, it depends. He created so many beautiful statues that are still famous today. Oh, yeah. What is your favorite oh, statue gosh. of uh, Mikhail Brokoff, if you uh, must be asked? The throbbing zebra. <laughs> Probably my Probably. The throbbing zebra. Does it, it's not on the list here. It's not? Uh, no. That's shocking. He uh, is best known for a statue of uh, St. Adalbert in Prague, mm. St. Ludmila mm. also in Prague, Hercules in Prague, Ooh, Hercules. the Virgin Mary. Uh, did a lot of very... Uh, Seems religious. So, yeah, except for Hercules, a lot of uh, more religious statues. That was that's who was paying back in the day. If you wanted to be an artist, you probably had to do some work for the church. No market for the throbbing zebra. They're the only ones who had the money. He was a, f- a famous sculptor of the Baroque era. Baroque. And if his statue uh, would break, he would say, "If it ain't Baroque, don't fix it." <laughs> I didn't know they named a whole era after that. <laughs> You're really cracking yourself up on that one. That's a goodie. That's a goodie. <laughs> 1761, Bernard Forrest de Belledor, mm-hmm. French engineer, oh. who pioneered hydraulics. Oh. Hydraulics. Yeah. Not him. You don't have hydraulics. Do you know what hydraulics yeah, are? Yeah, it's the, it's the tube that with the other tube that goes into it. <laughs> so, like, the door doesn't slam shut. Well, the uh, right the, the the clue is in the name hydraulics. Yeah, there's you, water in the you, tube. Exactly, use water to create to pressure to slow something down or create right. pressure in so order the to operate. So the screen door doesn't something. slam shut. That's one of the purposes. It's the yeah, most useful purpose is the screen door slamming shut. But uh, yeah, he was a pioneer of hydraulics. Wow. 1784, Anne Lee, founder of the American Shakers. Died at the age of 48. What were the Shakers? Shakers were a religious movement, uh, better known as the United Society of Believers in Christ's Second Appearing. Oh. They were uh, known as Charismatics. Are you know, familiar with the Charismatic churches? I'm not. The reason they were called them Shakers is because when they were feeling the oh, spirit, they would, shake? they would just start gyrating and shaking. It's like and serpent shit? That kind of shit, yeah. Wow. So uh, she was the founder of that. However, for all their nuttiness when it comes to worshiping yeah they also had some really cool ideas behind how they lived i mean they were a full-blown movement they believed in complete equality between men and women well that's unique in, in the 1700s in religion, yeah in religion yeah, in america in general of. it was unheard of yeah um they would share spiritual leadership as well you had um priests that were both male and female wow they believed in a utopian society where they all shared uh, the same work. I mean, no, there was no higher-uppers. Everybody pitched in and did the same work. So sound all bad. They had some thoughts behind Except for the shaking part. They also lived a celibate lifestyle, which okay. is... That explains the shaking. It's it for everybody. <laughs> so I'm not saying it was all good, but they had some, some good stuff inside there. 1806, Patrick Cotter O'Brien died. Famous Irish 
um, headliner in circus sideshows. Oh. He was eight feet, one inches tall, Eddie wow. Pence. Is that the biggest man ever? There are only 22 people in medical history who have stood at a verified height of eight feet. He was the second one on record to be wow. an eight, eight footer. What a miserable life. Yeah. He died at the age of 46. Uh, basically from uh, gigantism. That's Oof. what caused it. Oh, is that what he had? Yeah, it was a hormonal problem. He was known as the Irish giant, and he would travel around. I guess, look, in the 1800s, if you're eight feet tall, that's what you're doing. You're, yeah. you're making a living having people gawk yeah. at you. You can't really make a living any other way. No, there was no NBA. Sadly for Patrick, there was no NBA. He could have started it. Oh, that would have been so good. 1888, Annie Chapman, reportedly a prostitute. We're not sure. But she was a victim of the notorious serial killer Jack the Ripper mm. at the age of 48. 1893, Luke Short. Where's my Luke Short movie? I want a movie about this dude. What Luke Short do? Famous Old West gunslinger, Eddie Pence. Sounds cool. Also saloon owner. Ah, cool. Right? Both cool things. Famous for being a cowboy, a U.S. Army scout, a dispatch writer, a gambler, a boxing promoter, and then ultimately a saloon odor, wow. owner. Not saloon odor. <laughs> Well, that's that's inherent with yeah. being a saloon owner. In the Old West, it was. Famous gunfights against Charlie Stone, Storms in Tombstone, Arizona. Uh, Jim Courtright in Fort Worth, Texas. And then eventually, he ran three saloons, famous saloons in the Old West. The Oriental in Tombstone. Yeah. If you ever watch that movie, you'll yes. hear them mention yeah. that. The Long Branch Saloon in Dodge City. And the White Elephant in Fort Worth, Texas. Wow. Died at the age of 39 from dropsy. 39? He did all that shit before he was 39. Right? He lived a life. Wow, where's that movie? God damn it. I haven't done anything. And he died from dropsy. <laughs> you don't want to go from dropsy. What is dropsy? You know what dropsy is. Tell people what dropsy is. Dropsy is when, when, you're, when you're trying to balance a bunch of shit as you're walking downstairs, right? And it all starts to go, and you try to catch it over the balcony, and you, you end up going You fall, over. and you break your neck. That's dropsy. Of course, no. Dropsy is what they used to call uh, edema, uh, just swelling of the soft tissue. You know, when people, they retain water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they, they, they balloon up. Right. Now we would look for the cause of that yeah. ailment. Usually it's uh, some sort of organ failure, like right. kidney or something. But back in the it's old like, west, oh, 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 you're blowing up. Good luck. And then people would just die from being just, they would drown in their own juices, basically. Right. Should call it drownsy. They should. It actually comes from hydropsy was the full name of it. Hydra being water. Oh, hydropsy. Got it. But they shortened it to dropsy. So That's... at the age of 39, they just said he went from the dropsy. Wow. Just ballooned up. Awful way to go. Sad news. Also on this day in the year 1914, mm -hmm. William Erasmus Darwin passed away at the age of 74. He was the son of Charles Darwin. Most famous for being the subject of his father's psychological studies. That must have been fun. Darwin made him one of his uh, test subjects. That's crazy. But he didn't do it in like a mean way. Well, well how did he do it? He compared the development of his young son to the infants of primates. So he would gauge his son's behavior and his accomplishments at certain age oh, thresholds. Oh, so he was just observing He was son. observing, yes. Okay, he wasn't testing his son. And no, doing he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't. Like, put it, watch out, here comes an apple. He wasn't doing shit like that. He didn't put him out in the woods to see if he could survive yeah, or anything. Okay. No, but he would do things like keep a diary of his gestures and facial expressions okay. that he made. Uh, he recognized that at the age of nine days, an infant, his son, would be able to follow the light from a candle with his eyes back and forth. Their eyes would be attracted to the light. Mm. And then uh, he, he would 
register other you know benchmarks when they would develop personality traits and things like that. So oh, okay. he used him in his research, but not in sort of a creepy Skinner box oh, kind of way. Good. So it is good. Huey Long, American politician, governor of Louisiana, was assassinated on this day in 1935 mm -hmm. at the age of 42. His uh, assassin, Carl Weiss, also assassinated on this day. He was killed by Louis Long, uh, Huey Long's bodyguards on this day. Wow, so just like a little goes in circles. It was a little uh, gunfight there in uh, Louisiana. <laughs> also in 1935, Edward L. Doheny, American oil tycoon, died at the age of 79. Made his money by drilling successful oil wells in what famous city, Eddie Pence, if you had to guess? Culver City. No, well, close enough. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah, he was the first guy to find struck oil in right. Los Angeles. That's why we have Doheny Boulevard. And uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. His name's all over the place. Yeah. 1949, Richard Strauss, famous German composer, died at the age of 85. Of all of Richard Strauss's beautiful works, Eddie mm. Pence, what do you think your favorite would be? Oh. The Naked Magnolia. <laughs> the Naked Magnolia. Probably. That was that was part two. There was there was the first one was the it was the clothed magnolia, clothed magnolia right? And then the, the naked magnolia. Yeah. And then the wet magnolia was the third part. It was a trilogy. Other people would say this. Sprach the Zarathustra. Uh, he wrote Ric Flair's theme song. No, no. That was a it was a famous piece long before Ric Flair got to right. it. Right. And then Ric Flair made it famous. No, actually it was in uh, 2001, a space odyssey okay. actually Just was saying, uh, made it famous. People really started digging it when Ric Flair used it. 1965, Dorothy Dandridge, American actress, died at the age of 42 of an accidental overdose, mm. as far as we know. 1969, another actor, Bud Collier, passed away. He was a radio actor and announcer, best known for his work as the TV MC of game shows like Beat the Clock or To Tell the Truth. He died at the age of 61. However, mm -hmm. me and my ilk yeah. know him best for being the original radio voice of a little character known as Superman. Mm. He was the original radio Superman. And then also lent his voice for the same character in the 1960s filmation cartoons, The New Adventures of Superman. Oh, really? Great story behind how he got the gig. Originally, their plan was, we've got to do Superman on radio. How can we let the audience know that Clark Kent is turning into Superman without them seeing right. him get into the costume? Take glasses off. And, yeah. Right. So they said, what we're going to do is we're going to get two actors. We're going to get one guy to play Clark Kent, and when he turns into Superman, right. Superman will take over. And when the voice is different, right. they'll know that's Big Superman. Big booming voice is right. Superman. Bud Collier got the gig because he did the voice change in the audition, which became a long staple for everybody who was doing sort of Superman stuff for a while, where he would do a tenor voice as Clark Kent, and then once the clothes came right. off, he became... Oh. Here's a little bit of his work from The Adventures of Superman. They kept the, they kept the bit in the 1960s, in the cartoons, even though so you saw Clark Kent taking the suit off and the costume showing up. It's a docked ocean liner on fire. This is a job for Superman. Oh, oh, and away. That's how you know yeah. Superman's on the scene. Superman. Superman. 1970, Pen uh, Penser? No, Penser. 1970, Percy Spencer. Ah. Uh. Died. Oh, this is the saddest day in Eddie Pence's life. Percy Spencer was the inventor of the microwave oven. 
Without this man, Eddie Pence, you likely would have starved to death by I, now. I owe him a lot. You owe him, owe him a lot. All things. I think we all do. I think he we invented all it back. in 1945 after he noticed that a chocolate bar in his pocket had melted after he was exposed to some radiation from a magnetron tube he was working on at the time. <laughs> Did he die of cancer? By Doesn't chance? say here. Uh, what what happened? He was he was 76 years old when oh, he died. He lived a long time, so it couldn't have been that bad. It's been a mutation. 1974, Robert Cox passed away. He was the last surviving member of one of the most famous police forces of all time, mm. the Keystone Cops. Oh. 1980, Willard, Willard Libby, American chemist who developed radiocarbon dating, died at the age of 71. You know when they say they're going to carbon date something yeah. now? He invented that process. Oh. So he changed the game for archaeology and... Well, uh, now old shit is now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. 1981, Roy Wilkins, famous American civil rights activist and longtime executive for the NAACP. He died at 80. 1991, Brad Davis, American actor from Chariots of Fire and Midnight Express. Mm. Oh, Billy. <laughs> I always think of that. Oh, Midnight Express. Really? Died at the age of uh, 41. 2003, Lenny, Lenny Riefenstahl. Are you familiar with no, this woman? No, Lenny Riefenstahl. Lenny Riefenstahl was a famous female German film director. Sadly, her talents, although still lauded by film scholars today, were wasted because she became a great supporter and friend with Adolf Hitler. Oh, that'll hurt And you. directed all of his propaganda films. Oh. Triumph of the Will, largely amongst them known as one of the great propaganda films of all yeah. time. It was her work that really gathered the German support behind right. uh, Hitler in the so 1930s. She, uh, she hitched her to the... She was a horrible, Thank horrible you, human yes, being. Awful. But she lived to be 101. Wow. She died on this day in 19 in 2003 at 101. There is no justice. There in really the world. isn't. There There's really no justice. Isn't. Frank Thomas, American animator, died on this day in 19, excuse me, 2004, died at the age of 92. He was one of uh, Walt Disney's nine old men, as they were known, the original nine guys yeah. that started animating stuff for Walt Disney back in the day. His work, if you had done one of these scenes in one of these classic Disney films, you'd be membered forever. Yeah. Be membered Member, forever. You'd be membered for all times. <laughs> Listen to his body of work. <laughs> the dwarfs crying over Snow White's dead body oh, when wow. she's unconscious. That's yeah. his work. Pinocchio singing at the marionette theater. I got no strings to hold me down. That's him. <laughs> How did Pinocchio find out he was made of wood? I don't know. How? His right hand caught fire. <laughs> Where is it? I got it. I got it here. Somewhere. I got it somewhere. Bambi and Thumper on the ice. Oh yeah, that's his work. Wow. Lady and the Tramp eating spaghetti. Oh, that's probably Him. the most famous scene, right? I don't think so. Three fairies in uh, Sleeping Beauty. Him. Okay. Merlin and Arthur when they're squirrels in uh, Sword in the Stone when they're having that battle. Yep. Yeah, still not as famous as Lady and the Tramp scene. How about King Louie and motherfucking Jungle Book singing, I want to be like oh, you, woo-woo? Maybe, woo. maybe. Oh, ooby-doo. I want to be like you. Hop-dee-ooby-doo. I want to walk like you. Chip. Talk like you. Choo-choo. You'll see it's true. Shoo-ba-dee-doo. And they like me. Scooby-dooby-dooby. Can learn to be human too. Four stars got a little bonus visual they did. there. Me doing my that, King Louie impression. That's worth the upgrade right there. I want to be like.
like you. <laughs> That's my favorite scene of any Disney film ever. Really? That yes. one. Louis Prima as King Louis singing and dancing with the great Phil Harris as Baloo the Bear it's a in great scene. that sequence in Jungle Book. I agree. Park. I don't know if it's more famous than the Lady of the Tramp spaghetti scene. May not be more famous. Didn't say it was more famous. Well, I was saying that was probably However, I scene. said it's my favorite scene and you have in that a right. Disney, right. Disney film. And you can tell you've watched it a lot. Scooby-Doo! I want to be like you! It's good stuff. <laughs> You're good stuff. Uh, he also did the penguins in uh, Mary Poppins, okay. by the way. Okay. That wasn't enough for you. Or how about uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger rolling around on the floor in Winnie the Pooh and the uh, and Tigger Damn, too? Man, he did all the greats. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Queen of Hearts and Alice in Wonderland, Captain Hook and Peter Pan was wow. all his work as well. That's impressive. That is any one of those things. Like I said, 2007, Harry G. Day died on this day. Helped to develop the fluoride additive that was used in toothpaste to fight the tooth decay. Mm. Came up with it in 1955 in uh, Procter and Gamble. Put it in their Crest toothpaste in 1956, calling it Floristan. Floristan. Yeah, and we never had cavities since. That's right. Gerald Wilson, one of the favorite, personal favorites, uh, jazz drummers, not drummers, trumpeteers. Very different. <laughs> I mean musicians. So yeah, big fan of Gerald Wilson. I am. Huge. You know exactly what he did. But I do. He was a trumpeter, right. but he was also a big band leader as ah. well. Had a great big band. He was a legend, died on this day in 2014. Good stuff. It is good stuff. All right, you know what we do at this point. We find a food related to someone who passed away, and we find out if Eddie Pence would eat it or perhaps stick it up his ass and pull it out. <sighs> How do we find out? Well, I'll tell you, friends. We talk about the food. Mm -hmm. And then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. Yes, we do. The reels go round and round, and they stop, and they all match. Jackpot. Yeah, Jackpot the Clown comes out. Slaps Eddie around a little bit in celebration. <laughs> we know Eddie would indeed eat that food. However, if the reels go round and round, and then they come up mismatched, uh -huh. <laughs> nah, it's not going to be good for anybody. <laughs> Today, on this day in 1977, we lost the great Zero Mostel. If you're not familiar with this character actor, kids, do yourself a favor and go back and find some of his work. Zero Mostel made his biggest claim to fame, I would guess, at the time in his life as the star, original star of Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway. He played Tevye for many years, okay. and it was a, a massive role and awarded him a Tony Award as a Best Actor. I mean, it was a big deal. But for many of us who are film fans, he went on to star in such films as the famous Mel Brooks film, The Producers. Mm. And it is in his work in The Producers, opposite Gene Wilder, which if you've never seen that film, I think is one of the great comedy duo performances of all time. The way these guys play off yeah. of each other is, is, is remarkable. It's Max Bialystok and Leo Bloom. Here's a little work from Mr. Zero Mostel. In this scene, he is dealing with Gene Wilder, talking to him about how in the right situation, a producer on Broadway could make more money with a flop than he could with a success. Because if you sold more shares of a show it, that you were guaranteed to lose money on, if it closed that opening night, 
you could just pocket all the extra shares. You could right. sell more than you could sell more than hundred percent of the show and right. take that money. You don't and, keep putting the show up. Exactly, and it, it's it's a great scene. It's so simple. Step one: we find the worst play in the world, a surefire flop. Step two: I raise a million bucks. A lot of little old ladies in the world. Step three: you go back to work on the books. Only list of backers: one for the government, one for us. You can do it, Bloom. You're a wizard. Step four: we open on Broadway, and before you can say step five, we close on Broadway. Step six. We take our million bucks, we fly to Rio de Janeiro. And the, and the film goes horribly <laughs> awry when they try to make their worst idea for a film, a musical based on the life of Adolf Hitler called Springtime oh. for Hitler. And it oh. ends up being a uh, an Hit. ironic success. Oh. And they're, they're in big, big trouble. So if you've never seen that film, check it out. But the reason I bring up uh, Zero Mostel is he did win that Tony Award for his work as Tevya in Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway. And that night when he won the Tony, he was furious at everyone involved with the production. Uh, the winning composer and lyricist, Sheldon Harnick and Jerry Bach, got up on stage and they thanked Jerome Robbins and Hal Prince, the director, and Jerome Robbins thanked Hal Prince, the producer, and they went back and forth, but no one mentioned Zero Mostel. Oh. And so he finally wins for Best Actor. And he gets up on stage and he says, since no one else bothered to thank me, I thank me. And he took the Tony and he put it in his pocket and he walked out of the theater. So <laughs> to this day, that Tony Ward has never been engraved with his name or the production or anything wow. else. Uh, his family, I think, has since sold it, but it was never, it was never properly taken care that's of. That's awful and hilarious. Yes. So anyway, his kids said famously, my father, Zero Mostel, claimed he had no use for awards. He was more interested in finding his favorite food, which brings us back hmm. to this, Eddie Pence. Now, Zero Mostel, a Jewish man yes. in New York, okay. loved the delis. Yes. That's where he would spend an enormous amount of time in the delis. Right. His favorite deli sandwich of all time, Eddie Pence, mm. the chopped liver sandwich on rye, the chopped mm. liver sandwich. So now we're going to find out, is Eddie Pence like the great talent of Zero Mostel? Is he going to chow down on a, a beautiful deli sandwich made of chopped liver? Only one way for us to find out. We're going to pull that handle. Here we go. One chopped liver, two chopped liver. Oh my god! We had chopped liver on this show, and it's we fucking had, we gross. We had we had like a pate yeah, on it's this. Still liver. We had pate. It tastes like metal. But if you put it on a sandwich, like no. on a rye bread sandwich, okay, with some lettuce, uh huh, and a little smear of uh, what uh, mustard? Mustard. Yeah, you can you can doll it up anyway. Why you don't want. I just not get all that other stuff? Yes, and then take that off and put on a good deli meat and eat that sandwich. <sighs> So no salami this week, no, and no chopped liver no, this week. Both, no. You salami are, I don't you, hate. You are, Liver's gross. You are the goyest goy I know. <laughs> I'm very goy. You are. You are. You're gentilrific. <laughs> no, wow. liver's disgusting. See, I grew up. Gross. I grew up in an area Absolutely of Philadelphia disgusting. where there was a, a large Jewish population. Yeah. I grew up amongst. Right, my people. Yeah, you're. Yeah, they're not my people. No, but you. But they they adopted me as one of yes, their own. You're, I was like that white baby who was found yes. in the old west, right, floating down a river, and the Native American you're tribe. Moses? No, <laughs> the Native American tribe would like take them into the tribe and uh -huh. raise them as one of their own. Yeah, you're Jewish. Right, I was Jewish. <laughs> yes. So I I grew up in delis amongst those people right. eating all these amazing awful foods. liver and a chopped liver sandwich is, is such so a, fucking so gross wonderful no yeah. that's just like people are cleaning out the animal like well let's not waste that someone eat it it's so it's got a earthy quality. earthy is another word for dirt 
When you say something tastes earthy, you're saying, oh, it kind of tastes dirty, like dirt. <laughs> That's not what, That's what earthy means. <laughs> Flaky is dry, earthy is dirt. So speaketh the show saver. And that's it for Earthy. today's Hello Death. Hey, I got the right button. Oh! Hello Death. You're dead now, so shut up. Ah, oh, Jesus. Earthy. It's going to take me another bump to get through this show, <laughs> I think. I might, have to, I might have to duck off off screen for a moment. I can hold down the fort if you need it. Scarface. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My little podcast. Oh, for fuck's sake. <sighs> hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. What time is it? I'm glad you asked, kids. It's time to take a look at entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. All things considered, I yeah, think yeah. I'm holding I down think the you're fort doing well. pretty you well. You're doing very well. That is the sign that we've been doing this show for a long time. Yeah. And I can kind of put it on autopilot right. and sort of find my way. Yeah, because you're back there somewhere doing something. Yeah. You're just, the ship's just flying itself. It, it really is. Hey, uh, Marvel's Shang-Chi we were talking yes, about. Shang-Chi. The more I think about that film, the more I like it. I think I want to go see it again. I'm going to see it again tomorrow. Are you really? I think so. I'm going to take my friend Jerry, who has, he's got cancer, but I we're going to go to yeah. a matinee when there's no one around. Oh, he that's hasn't a great idea. See it, so I'm going to take him as a oh, birthday present. That's no. very nice of you. So, You're nice to your other friends. <laughs> yeah. I'll take you. You want to go? Marvel Shang-Chi is all over the place, and star uh, Simu Liu, who, of course, plays Shang-Chi yes. in the film, yes. he is all over the internet these days, but not only in the ways that you would expect. Hmm. I don't know if you saw this story or I not. I did not. But when he was trying to make ends meet before he had this blessing right. in show business, he had a job as a stock photo model. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people have found his stock photos. So he get on a herpes billboard. And now reposting it all <laughs> over the internet, having a little fun with uh, one of the biggest movie stars in the world That's right hilarious. now. Which is kind of hilarious, yeah. He is famous um, being available in such services as Getty Images and iStock Photo. Mm -hmm. And it's mostly him as an Asian-American, um, though he's not, he's an Asian-Canadian, I yeah. guess. Originally born in China, then raised in Canada. But he's uh, in all these business settings where he's like laughing and pointing at a screen with other coworkers and stuff. So people have just been uh, pretty much taking the piss well, you have out to do of it with the, that. To make ends meet that when you're... To being an actor, you take these jobs where it's like a hundred bucks, and you go in and they take a bunch of pictures of you, and then they have the rights to do whatever they want to it. He had a an accounting gig, apparently lost that, was trying to pay his bills. Yeah. A good-looking kid ended up doing this, but it's funny that you bring that up. I want to ask you, how much do you think he got paid for shot after shot after shot that keeps showing up on all these different? Uh, I would say stock photo services. I mean, I've seen him advertise for like a hundred bucks. I'm saying like a hundred bucks, maybe not much. 
close enough. One hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, he got signed away all of his rights, and now in perpetuity, yeah. they can have Shang Chi show up in any ad they want to have. That's why anything. you drive down the Hollywood Boulevard, you see that like a guy on a herpes billboard. He didn't audition for that billboard. Terrifying. He just that's just a picture he doesn't own the rights to. Terrifying. So glad I'm not attractive. <laughs> I never had to fall into that trap. <laughs> Those poor other good-looking guys always got roped into that stuff. No one's looking for doughy, bleary-eyed <laughs> drunkard Do you have leaning MC? against the wall. <laughs> yeah. How many drinks are too many? That's the only. <laughs> that's the only billboard I would ever show up on. <laughs> speaking of Marvel, and speaking of people like Eddie Penny, Eddie Penny. It's <laughs> my James Bond name. I'm Eddie Penny. You do your James Bond one-man show. I'll be Eddie Penny for you. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Oh, my God. Eddie Penny. Where the fuck did that come from? I don't know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> definitely need another bumper. I gotta get through this. <laughs> Speaking of folks like Eddie Pence, who like to go to Hollywood Bowl and get their lightsabers out and stroke them in a crowd yeah, so man. everybody can see. Yeah. This is a little bit of local news. Black Panther, the uh, score to that international phenomenon, is going to be played live in the Hollywood Bowl to picture. They yeah. do this time, some, uh, sometimes they will put up a uh, motion picture and bring out the original composer and sometimes the orchestra and they will play play the score of the film live to the actual visuals and it's an amazingly powerful experience to hear that live music up against the film. I would love to go to it. Well, why don't you go? It's happening uh, Saturday and Sunday, September 10th and 12th. I should get this tickets. This very weekend. I should get tickets. This very this weekend. Very week. I'll look happening. into it. Maybe I can score some. A little local news. If you're uh, interested, you can you can check out the uh, original composer, Ludwig Göransson. Swedish composer will be on hand, and they'll be playing all of that music live. It's 134 minutes, that film, and uh, two hours of music. And so they'll be on hand, and you'll get to see... The chorus is going to be there, oh, and they're going to cool. do live music and stuff. So, cool give you experience. I'll bring my lightsaber. Just leave it home for once. Go somewhere without it. I should bring it to the next live stream we do. <sighs> Speaking of local news, not to get political, because, you know, I, I, I try to stem the tide as much as possible yeah, on this yeah. program. But it's a California issue, and if you're a Californian, I know we have tons of Californians listen to the show. Uh, we're coming up on this recall, yay or nay, situation with the governor of California, uh, Gavin Newsom. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell anyone how to vote. That's not my place. But I know that only s- about 25% of potential ballots have been returned Have been returned yeah. from folks who can vote early via the mails. Yeah. And I would just say, just give a shit. One way or the other, whatever you need to vote, however you feel, just respond. Participate. Participate. Because it's... This it's, country needs it. And the state needs it. And I, I would like to see a better turnout than that. So yeah. that's all I'm going to say. I mean, say. I got mine in the mail, but I'm going to go vote in person. <laughs> You're going to double down? No, I have it in the mail because uh, all registered voters got one. Right. But I, I So did go, you mail it? No, I'm, I'm going to go vote oh, in you're person. Gonna, I thought you said I got mine in, into the mail like no, you yeah. mailed yours. I, I voted twice. That's and then how we're going to vote. Yes. No. No. I just rather vote in person. I didn't. I, I, I sent mine in the, the minute I got it. Yeah. But uh, and again, I'm not talking. I'm not picking a side. Say no. But uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> just, just vote. 
Just vote. Just participate. Vote now. We, we needed everybody to do that. Speaking of interactive, oh, nice segue. Oh, me. man. The Matrix 4. You see, yesterday they released this website. I did. I, did. I saw the photo. You didn't, see, you didn't go to the website? I didn't go to the website. I just saw the photo. Oh, it's pretty cool. Matrix 4 is coming up, and they are going to release their uh, full first teaser trailer tomorrow. Mm. But if you go to the website, whatisthematrix.com, they will give you a little tease of footage before you get to the full-blown trailer. Oh. And it's an interactive website so that you can fuck around a little bit. Oh, that's cool. And it is interesting because you show up, and it's just a blank page. And there's a red pill and there's a blue pill. Ah. And then you have to pick one. And right. depending on what you pick, you'll get your experience. So right. yesterday, I was in there in the afternoon and I went on and I picked the red pill first. And this is what happens when you do that. This is the moment for you to show us what is real right now. You believe it's 2.25 p.m. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Could be. This is the first day of the rest of your life. But if you want it, you gotta fight for it. Right? Whoa. And they show you clips from the movie. Yeah. But here's the key. Every time you go back, they show you different clips from the movie. Really? There's 180,000 different combinations that you can see oh, when you cool. go onto the website. That's Pretty cool. clever. If you pick the blue pill, you yeah. hear this. Remember how you got here. You've lost your capacity to discern reality from fiction. What's real is here and now, 2.28 p.m. Anything else is just your mind playing tricks on you. It becomes a problem when fantasies endanger us. We don't want anyone to get hurt, do we? So they act Ooh. like you're crazy if you right. take the blue pill. Right. And those times that you're hearing, yeah. that's exactly the time when you're on the website. Oh, that's cool. When you click on, they know exactly what time you're watching and they talk about that's it, which is cool. a little unnerving. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. But uh, it looks pretty good. That does look I'm looking good. forward to it. And speaking of new movies, now that uh, Shang-Chi has come out, and just crushed it at the box office to the tune of almost $90 million mm -hmm. over the long weekend. I get the sense the other studios are like, all right, fuck it. Release the hounds. Full Let's go. just go. And Sony has announced they're moving up a release date. You don't hear that much no. these days regarding uh, films going into feature uh, to theaters. Carnage, the Venom sequel, Man. Venom Let There Be Carnage, has been moved up two weeks. Wow. And now you'll be able to watch it on October 1st if you're one of those people who feel like this. All I ever wanted in this world is carnage. So you get to see Woody Harrelson and uh, Tom Hardy. I never even watched the first one. First one's not good, but I have to say, I saw the trailer for Carnage, and the actual Carnage looked great. They all but look I don't know if the story's good. Some of the things look good. I know. But I can't... 
wasn't a big fan of the first one. I can't one. spend my life going after things <laughs> that look good. Need some substance? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's what I need. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on September 8th. Singer Sal Valentino of a band called the Bo Brummels is 79 years old today. Very successful pop group out of the 60s. Ventriloquist Willie Tyler. You remember Willie Tyler and yeah, Lester? Yeah, he was on a, a Benson. <laughs> oh, no, right? Soap. Soap. No, Sober no, Benson. no. No, you're thinking of Jay, whoever, and his dummy. Oh. Willie Tyler and Lester were the black uh, right. ventriloquist and comedians. Yes. Uh, and, and dummies. What was he on then? Soap had a, a, a white blonde guy who also had a dummy. <sighs> okay, I was yeah. way off. But uh, Willie Tyler had... Uh, what show was he on? He was always on every talk show all the time. He worked Fuck. a ton in all the right. 70s and 80s. He's on bits. I know how you feel. Every ventriloquist looks alike to you, Eddie Pence. I know how you are. Well, I'm so focused your, on the dummy. Your ventriloquist racism. I know how you are. Anyway, Willie Tyler's 81 years old today. I know you know who this next person is. Who? Young actress named Heather Thomas. She was on oh. a program called The Fall Guy. Yeah. She was the uh, sort of the Farrah Fawcett... Yeah. Cheryl Ladd. Yeah, I still have the poster. Pink bikini? Pink bikini. Is that the one? And the hot tub. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Yeah, that was fucking good. Though. She's 64 years old today, and she's still lovely as ever. Bassist David Steele of Fine Young Cannibals is 61. How omnipresent was this song back mm. in its day? Oh, that's a wrong button. I'm going to press. The, I'm gonna push this one instead. Push it? It did, but it didn't go. Oh, come that on. That wasn't on me. That was a technical Push it player. harder. Push it harder. That's what she said. Right? That song was everywhere all the everywhere. time. Everywhere. David Arquette is 50 years old today. Martin Freeman. I first was exposed to on the British office, but then, of course, he was in Black Panther and The Hobbit and so many other projects. Mm -hmm. He's 50 today. He's also on a show on Hulu. If you're interested, check it out. Uh, FX on Hulu. It's called Breeders. It's a British show about him and his wife raising their kids. Very funny, but also very dark and uh, really entertaining. Mm -hmm. Check that out. Singer Amy Mann, who had a solo career, but I know her best as the lead singer of a band called Till Tuesday back in the day. She's 61. Full disclosure, when I first heard that song, actually not first heard, for many years after I heard that yeah. song, I thought that song was Hush Hush. Keep it down now. We're so scary. That's what I thought. Oh, no, no. No. You still think that? No, but that's what I used to think. Oh, forever I thought that. Yeah. We're so, so scary. It sounds exactly yeah. like that, right? Yeah. One more time. Right? Yeah. We're so scary. That's not us. That's them. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you. No, that's... 
If you want that to be voices carry, then you enunciate no, that better. That is not voices carry. That I don't give a fuck what they say. Not on us. Whatever's in the lyric label is not true. Actor Jonathan Taylor Thomas from Home Improvement. JTT. The kid from Home Improvement. Yeah. The son from Home Improvement. 40 years old today. You suck on that for a minute. I am. I would. <laughs> JTT, man. He was hot at one point. Okay. All right. All righty. Let me do my show, for Christ's sake. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, Gaten Matarazzo from Stranger Things is 19 years old today. Buzzed off your fumes. <laughs> You're going to get contact high. <laughs> Singer Pink. Oh, Pink. Who doesn't love some Pink? Pink. 42 years old today. Right? Yes. Let's get this party started, yo. Do it. It's, it's been going on for a while. Not enough. <laughs> That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the show, Bisbee. All right. Now, because it's Wednesday, it's mm -hmm. time for us. What? Mm -hmm. no, I'm saying, uh huh. No, it's I see Wednesday. you're patronizing me now. With your, mm -hmm. Not patronizing. Okay. All right. Whatever you say. Huh? We're getting okay. there. We're, we're, we're clodding through the show. We're we getting. are. We are getting towards the finish line. <laughs> so pull up your sack, tighten up your shoes. I got them. They're tied. Laces are tied. All right. Final stretch. Because it's Wednesday, it's time for us to take a listen to a hit song. And the band that was never quite able to achieve that level of success again. It's time for T. Fuck me. <laughs> so close. So close. So close. God damn it. TV. One hit wonder Wednesday. <sighs> Punch in here, Gilbert. Punch in here, Gilbert. <laughs> it's the one hit wonder. One hit wonder. One hit wonders. It's a very common tale. One hit wonders. <laughs> yes. This band was formed in Paramount, California in 1978. Oh, that's right down the street. Right down the right street. Right down the street. We should, let's go down there and see if yeah. we can find this band. They recorded two full-length albums mm -hmm. and an EP before they split up in 1984. Okay. But before they reached the end, they had some huge success, especially locally here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Particularly with a radio station with the call letters of KROQ oh, on them. Okay, I've heard of it. In the early 1980s. There was a song that they had that was a pretty big hit yeah. locally. Enough of a success that it got them attention from a movie producer who put their song in one of their films, and that's when everything changed for this particular band. Mm. Dan's a big fan, and he would like to hear this one-hit wonder. Hey, Ralph, Odie, Dan, three-star Woodland Hills. Hey, one-hit wonder. Uh, the Plimsolls, yeah. a million miles away, caught it on the uh, ever so brilliant Valley Girl. No, not kidding. Kind of kidding. It's not that brilliant, but it's a great one-hit wonder. So there you go, LMB. Hey, don't knock Valley Girl. I love that damn yeah. film. It is a time capsule of Los Angeles culture in the 1980s. But uh, as I mentioned, this was a band that quickly became a favorite amongst the club scene on uh, Sunset Boulevard and yeah. around uh, Los Angeles. They had a song off of one of their EPs called Zero Hour that got heavy play on a radio station here in LA called KROQ. Here's a little piece of that.
very poppy, very rock. Yeah. And uh, so the plimsolls sort of exploded locally here in Los Angeles, enough to get them attention from the producers who were doing the film Valley Girl. And they put this song on that soundtrack in 1982. It still is a quintessential 80s song. When you hear it, it really screams 1980s. It's kind of a cheat today because it only reached number 11 on the Billboard 100, but I'm going to give them a pass because mm. it, it became iconic. If you're a fan of the Valley Girl movie, of course, with Nicolas Cage or 80s music in general, you know this one. Again, they broke up in 1984, but before they did, they left us with this memorable tune, A Million Miles Away by the Plimsolls. <laughs> Great tune. That is 80s personified, that is man. Great. That's 80s concentrate just injected into your <laughs> veins. Great tune. Thanks so much for that suggestion. <laughs> and that's today's One Hit Wonder Wednesday. It's the One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. And that's it for today's show, kids. Thank you so much for putting up with my nonsense. <laughs> It was a good time. Classic. A lot of people in the chat room are not happy with me. By Why? The way. Oh, they're giving me all kinds of judgment and judgment? stuff. Oh, yeah. A lot of people with a lot of attitude over there just glanced over. So this show's going to need some heavy editing before it reaches the <laughs> <laughs> masses. Oh, this show is beautiful. No idea. There's a lot of uptight people who Shh. apparently have opinions about how I should or shouldn't live my life. show but is beautiful. It's okay. Show they're entitled. They pays their money. They takes their seats. 
So they're entitled. Yeah, yeah. They're they're the audience. No, they can say whatever they like. We all have opinions. Exactly. That's what's that's what's important to remember. We all have opinions, and they're all valid. Yeah. That's what makes the world go round. God bless you, show saver. You're the best. <laughs> Kids, thank you so much for joining us, especially you four-star generals. We love it when you hang out with us. Come on now. Come on back on tomorrow's show because that means sexy time. Ralph Sex oh, University. Yeah. Hubba hubba. <laughs> hubba hubba indeed. Eddie Penny like. <laughs> I don't know where Eddie Penny it's came my from. name from now on. But we're going to have a good time tomorrow. <laughs> it's only good if you join us, however, and you can't join us if you're not healthy. And speaking of health and taking care of yourself, special shout out to Stephen Winning, who is a member of the Garmy. Yes, Stephen uh, Boston, yes. Who is currently uh, still fighting brain cancer, and he uh, posted up on the Patreon yes. site. And a lot of people are reaching out to him, and we want you to know, Stephen, also our feelings and our thoughts are with you. We're, we're wishing you all the best. Hang in there, buddy. So, uh, everybody, take care of yourselves. Try to stay as healthy as you can, and that includes... Stay good in the hood. Vax up, mask up. While you're inside, a little distance. Stay sweet at six feet. Because... Life is life. We want yours to be healthy, happy, and want you to join us again tomorrow yes. here on The Ralph Report Please. for a brand new show. Until tomorrow, we'll talk to you then. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>